Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Ellen, I am awesome. Oh, wow. Today, we are going to be talking about Pestilence by Laura Thalassa. It's a book. We're not just going to be talking about, you know, pestilences. and <laughs> The general theory of pestilence. pestilence. <laughs> and later, we are going to be talking about what I have officially dubbed the rom com Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, that's a good word. <laughs> but first, Mom, what have you been reading? Ellen, I have been reading. Okay, first of all, I finished The Governess Game, which was a delightful book. It was. By Tessa Dare. Um, best line ever is when she says, we're going to kiss again, aren't we? And he says, you're damn right we are. Um, that was awesome. I that loved, is the best loved line. That book. <laughs> um, then I read The Mother Road by Megan Quinn, which was recommended by a listener who yes, I'm sure is a I fantastic can... person. <laughs> I can pull it up. Give me. It was recommended to us by Kathy. Okay. So thank you for that. That was enjoyable, fun, little romp. Um, then I read Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating by Christina Lauren. Mm-hmm. Oh. Did I say the other one was by Megan Quinn? Yes, you did. Okay. Um, And that was also delightful. Mm -hmm. That was just way fun. Um, Then I read The Duke with the Dragon Tattoo by Kerrigan Byrne, which is in her... Victorian Rebels series. That's the series. The thing that was fun about this is that um, I loved that series when I read it. And Mm -hmm. so this kind of reminded me about how much I liked that series yeah because it's been a while since i read a book from that series yeah um so i thoroughly enjoyed that um and then i read pestilence by laura the or <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's how you say it but that's how i'm saying it that's how i'm going that's what i'm going with okay. um so we have some overlap i also read the duke with the dragon tattoo by kerrigan burn um if you really liked the highwaymen in that series you're definitely going to like The Duke with the Dragon Tattoo. It's very reminiscent of that book to me. At least it felt They even say it in the book. You know, hey, you yeah. got your wife the same way I got mine. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I do think you should read the whole series. It's all amazing. And uh, I think reading the whole series lends well to this book. Um, then I read Lingus by um, Mariana Zapata. Which I've told mom she can't read. Jeez, uh, <laughs> the list of books I can't read is longer than the list of books I can read. Um, it's I really liked it. It was a lot of fun, and he is so dreamy. Um, but it's I was telling mom I'm like I was just surprised because her books are usually pretty tame in the sexy department, and this one is tame in the fact that it still takes them a while, like it does in every other Mariana Zapata book. But they talk about sex a lot more because he is a porn star. So it comes up, you know? There's that. It does come up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, What's so funny? I don't know. You know what you did. Um, <laughs> then I read Block Shot by Kennedy Ryan, um, 
which I also am trying to convince mom that she shouldn't read because uh, it also is a lot sexier than what I think her other books are. But I'm man alive. The things that come out of Jared Foster's mouth, I was like, ha, like proxy blushing on behalf of Banner. Um, I did a whole live tweet of my reading of this book. If you're interested in looking at that. Um, I, I really liked it. I can say that I think there are some elements of the book that might be off-putting to some readers, but what I really liked about the book in the end was that she's got these two people who are to varying degrees imperfect, as we all are, and, um, but she still gives them a really sweet, tender romance, and... Per usual with Kennedy Ryan, there are some lines and passages in there that I think just, like, kind of blew me away. Like, she's just so good at, um, I don't know, she's just got some really good passages in there about love and, you know, how it's unconditional and, like, kind of what comes with that. And I just thought it was really beautiful. Well, and Ellen says I can't read this one, but... She's commandeered our Twitter account for all these days while she's been tweeting about Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just, I said, I'm reading it regardless. (laughs) And then, of course, I'm still counting. I'm bringing this up again because I've been reading a lot of it still. Or can she koosh? Get on the freaking train, y'all. It is so (laughs) good. And this week's was so good. Um, I can't believe we can't use that on Goodreads. I know. I should be able to count that because I've been reading a lot of it. Because Plus you watch each episode multiple times. I know. Here's the thing about me that my cousin has recently pointed out to me. When I get obsessed, I get obsessed hard. And I, um, I deeply commit. And it's not even like I have a lot of longevity. It's just that when I'm, when I first initially get obsessed with something, it is my life for too long, probably, and too intensely. I think that might be a family trait. Yeah. Your father is very much the same way with different things. But yes, that's true. He is does have an obsessive personality. Yeah. His tends to be with, like, different sports and things hobbies. like that. And hobbies. But mine is just with different TV shows, usually. <laughs> Yours um, is cheaper. That's <laughs> true. Mine, you just need, like, a Netflix account and, you know, maybe yeah, Hulu or something. His needs lots of shoes and, yes. you know. Different things that go along with it. Apparel and things like that. Um, anyway, so we still highly recommend that everybody start oh, watching that show. So good. Because it's so good. I oh. keep trying to tell people about it, and I'm like, well, it's this Turkish TV show, but it's so good. And people are like, what? I was, telling, <laughs> I was telling some friends. I had some friends over this week. Mom should know who I'm talking about. Um, and I was telling them about it. And my one friend was like, I love how you look both, like, elated and ashamed at the same time. (laughs) I'm like, because society has made me feel that I should be ashamed, but I'm not. I'm elated. Um, Ashamed that you're watching a Turkish television show? Yeah. I don't know why. It's like people think it's weird, and it's not. It's amazing. So, I don't know what else to say. Anyway, I, I listen to the news and I keep thinking, I hope nothing bad goes down in Turkey before my show finishes. Is that selfish of me? <laughs> no, I think that's noble. 
You exactly just are right. worried about the safety of I am the Turkish people because we <laughs> gotta get more of that show. Yeah, I don't want it to interrupt their filming. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about Pestilence by Laura Thalassa. It is the first book in her Four Horsemen series. I suppose this is a new adult book because the heroine fits those parameters with her age, but it didn't have a lot of the other kind of trappings I felt like you usually find with a new adult book, but it's technically also a new adult book. Listener in front of the show, Kristen, recommended this book in an email to us and said, I have one recommendation to share today, and it is Pestilence by Laura Thalassa. It's about the four horsemen, and it's like enemies to lovers. She tries to kill him but fails. He's kind of cranky about that. He's trying to kill the human race, you know, as you do. Then he basically kidnaps her. She did try to kill him. I feel like it's justified. And there's kind of a road trip. Ha ha, JK, it's on a horse. But it's one of my faves from this year. I highly recommend. So, thanks to Kristen for for that recommendation. Um... And, of course, with a, you know, description like that, we're going to bite. But to elaborate a little bit further on that, here's my description for the book. Boy meets girl. Girl tries to burn boy alive. Boy kidnaps girl to make her suffer. Boy and girl fall in love despite his trying to kill off all mankind with a plague. Just your basic meet-cute, right? When Sarah Burns draws the short straw to make an assassination attempt on the first horseman to come and exterminate mankind, pestilence, she knows it's a death sentence. When her assassination attempt doesn't take, she's forced into his captivity. But both Sarah and Pestilence are forced to question why he granted her mercy. As Sarah has to stand by and watch Pestilence traverse the land on his faithful steed and scourge out her fellow man with his horrific plague, she begins to see that maybe this plague takes its toll on Pestilence as well. Maybe there is more to this harbinger of God's wrath than just a pretty face and a horrific disease. So, Mom, what did you think of Pestilence? Well, (laughs) Pestilence in general, I'm not a fan of, but this book, (laughs) no, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun read. I, um... It was like Cormac McCarthy's The Road meets Supernatural meets romance okay i did see supernatural undertones there just because the angels and you know yeah if you guys don't know what we're talking about the tv show supernatural with the winchester brothers um who we're fans of (laughs) uh yes i really liked this book yeah well i'm i'm a fan you know a fantasy in general as a Mm -hmm. genre i'm a Mm -hmm. fan of um and so I just I I thought it was a fun story. I yeah. mean, there's things I didn't agree with it religiously, but you know we're not going to get into that. No, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> but um, I thought it was a fun take on it, and I learned that when the apocalypse comes and the horsemen come to destroy the earth, we just need to get them laid and yeah, just <laughs> throw our best women at them. <laughs> Get these guys laid, hook them up a little bit, <laughs> little party on down, and, you know, their whole outlook will and change. And just hope, like, one of them takes, right? Like, one of them, like, <laughs> you know, makes him see the true meaning of love. There you go. Um, yeah, I also really liked this book. It was, um, it's interesting because for how much there is going on, there's also, that's not, 
there's also not a lot that's happening, if that makes sense. It's like, it's kind of an interesting paced book. Um, so it did take me sometimes a while to like, it took me a second to get into the groove of it. Well, if you know the geography of where they're traveling, because it starts out in Canada. Yes. And there's a lot of space between the cities and towns that they go to, which is Canada. Yeah. Um, and a lot of woodsy area and that kind of stuff. And then once they come down and down through Vancouver and down south towards Washington, um, then the cities are closer together and there's a lot more stuff going on and yeah. it gets a little crazier. But I did love... We love, we've talked about this before, we love a good road trip, which I think is oh. why Kristen recommended it to us. The forest <laughs> proximity. Yes. There's a lot of that going on. A lot and of that going on. Because like he him, doesn't Her really riding like on the have, horse with him. Doesn't have really social niceties. He's like, oh, I don't care that you're naked. Like, why do I care? And then yeah. he starts to care a little bit more, as the, care a little more. as the book goes along. Uh, yeah, and he then, was very socially awkward and, and yes, it was funny. And then they do have a lot of banter which we also love and their banter was interesting because of their different worldviews and things like that. well and it starts out with him being kind of awkward and her being snarky but then he gets more snarky as it goes on because he learns from her the yeah what how to use his sense of humor yes so first question mom forewarned me that there was one thing that bugged her about the book can i guess what it is mom well, you tell me what you think it is, and I'll tell you. I think that the swearing bugged you. Oh, no. No? Oh. The swearing didn't bu- bug me so much. Okay. What was it? What bugged me was, and it was just a little thing, but um, this whole thing, because at the beginning of the book, he is not nice to her. I mean, he's no. like horrible to her, no. and he's yeah. dragging her along behind his horse. She has to walk the whole time. She's Her hands are bound. Which I was I mean, like, he, dang, girl, because... He would have been dragging me. He would have been like pulling me along for mm, yeah a mile, and I would have yeah. like then I, I would have given been, up. You know, it would be like in the vacation movie. She kept up for a mile or so, <laughs> yeah, and then just a dragged torso. But um, the fact that she's describing how horrible he's treating her and how awful and how much pain she's in, but gosh, he's still pretty good looking. <laughs> <It's> like really. <laughs> But mom, he is though. So. I know, but still, there are things that people do that make them less good looking, and I think dragging you behind a horse would be something that would make a guy less good looking. Unless that's what you're into. If that's what you're into. <laughs> um, okay, I thought for sure it was going to be the swearing because just nah, like I, I when got you, over the swearing because she told me that like before the book started, and I was like, okay, what's going to like set? What could potentially set mom off? And you know. Mom, mom is a sweet, mom's a sweet kid. She, uh, I'm a sweet kid. I try not to swear. I used to, <laughs> I used mom, to not swear. Then mom used to never, ever swear. And then all her kids started swearing. And well, she, and it wasn't even that I had kids because I never, ever, ever, ever swore. No, I said. my kids became adults. Yeah. And, and they all we swore. we all started swearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, gosh dang it. So mom succumbed to the peer pressure and of I her kids. And I don't swear. I'm not a swearer. I do no. flip you guys off all the time. 
But I, which she never used to do. Mom used to just do this like three finger like salute thing, just like this weak limp wrist. But you all knew what it meant. <laughs> this weak limp wristed hand gesture that was supposed to signify that she was like thinking about flipping us off. But I think I might flip you off right now. But <laughs> but I still don't swear that much unless I'm quoting or unless it really calls for a swear word. <laughs> Because sometimes, some situations just call for swear words. Uh, and I, I never swear because I get angry. I do it more than that. I know I know that you do. <laughs> you could put a sailor to shame. And how you came I'm not that, that no bad, idea. but I Whatever. am. Okay. I am bad-ish. <laughs> um, okay, so what... It wasn't the swearing, though. It was just this whole... Mm, Really, is she going to go on and on about how good-looking he is when he's been torturing her? It just seemed a little... Well, Mom, like, some, no matter what the situation, sometimes you can't deny the hotness of, of a, you know, male specimen. Well, how many times have I gone to a really bad movie and thought, wow, that was a really bad movie? But what's-his-name was really good-looking. <laughs> it's true. I feel like those words exactly have come out of your mouth before. I'm glad that what's-his-name took his shirt off in that scene. <laughs> Made it made it worth the price of admission. And I'm just saying that because you could really put in a whole bunch of names in that spot. Yes, it's true. Um, okay, so what did you think of Sarah as our heroine? I liked Sarah. I thought there was the one thing I thought was a little weird is there we didn't get a lot of description about Sarah, like what she looked like. Yes. Here's my thing. Okay, so I also really liked her. I li- I liked that she was. Sassy. I like that she was always very self-assured. She's tough. You know, she's... But I wanted to know more about her, about how she got to be that way, about what she looked like. You know, we got, like, chestnut hair, but that's about it. That's about and, it. And, um... And... I don't know. Like, there was just a lot of times where she was, you know, they would be sitting on the horse together, and she was like, I would tell him about my my family, my life history, and I'm like, I wish we had just gotten a couple moments where we got to see into that conversation just because I want I want right. to know how she got to be tough. I want to know, you know, what those, because, you know, this is year four or five of the horsemen arriving. I want to know what it was like for her in those first, you know, four years. I want right. to know how Well, her she talked a little she- bit about wanting to go to college because she was really into English lit. Yeah. And um and then once the horsemen came and everything kind of went to crap. She basket. just decided it wasn't worth it and became a firefighter, which you know, that's really all the backstory that we got. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot more there. She does she likes to read and she likes to um recite poetry and she recites poetry to him all the time i think my i think what i mainly just wanted i wish that there had been i'm not okay i'm I'm gonna say the following and i don't want it to sound uh inconsiderate i i just wanted to know more about how she is this sweet nurturing person that also is super hard-edged and kind of a badass yeah not, and I'm not saying you can't be both at the same time. I think that you can, but I think that there's usually a series of events that leads you to be that way. Right. And so I wish, even if there was like a prologue that showed 
her pre-horseman and she's this sweet angelic thing and then later she just kind of alludes to the life events that led her to kind of toughen up a bit which i i'm i understand we're supposed to infer that it's you know she's you know fighting fires amongst all this world apocalypse that's happening and also some like paramedic training yeah do but do you understand like yeah absolutely because i thought the same thing and it made it so i had a hard time picturing her in my head because there was really no physical description of her whatsoever whereas we got a lot of him we got a lot Um, of description of him that being said i really liked her as like she was a really fun counterpart to his character right i think so too and um all that he's going on so what did you think of pestilence the character (laughs) um First, I liked his character. First of all, virgin hero alert, virgin hero I know. alert. And that was, I always like that. Yeah. I think that's fun. When but in like a to totally different him. way than we usually get right. virgin hero. Right. Because he's like aware of what needs to happen, but he's not. But he like kind of seems to only think of it as like procreation. And. Well, he, he thinks of everything very analytically at the beginning and very, um, you know, because he never had feelings attached to anything. Yeah, and then he's he... got this weird, like, naivete balanced against this like age-old wisdom because he like knows all the history of the world, you know. Um, but he's never experienced it as a as a human before. Yeah, and like never had those emotions and all the crap that comes with being a human. Um, right. So watching his evolution is kind of interesting and fun yeah and and for her to have brought it about you know because she's really the one that introduces him to so many things and um yeah it was cool yeah it it was almost like it's it's better than this but it was kind of like Encino Man or something (laughs) (laughs) I hope the author's not listening (laughs) (laughs) no but just like you know one of those fish out of water things or like Thor or something like that where you're taking this person who doesn't really understand the human experience and like plunking them into the human experience as a fully grown adult and right. all the things that come with that. Well, and he came here to destroy the human race, which yeah. adds another chink in whole element whole to it. <laughs> um, I, I wrote down this quote cause I really liked, I thought this was like a pretty good, you know, uh, snapshot of his character but just she uh, she's talking about him and she says he's not a nice man he's not a peaceful man but he's a good man and I think you know that's kind of a little bit later in the book when she's starting to fall for him more and it's true I mean like he's not he's wreaking havoc on all of humankind but underneath that and that's why she starts to fall in love with him is she realizes that underneath that he is a good he is a good person, even though he's doing all of this awful stuff. Um, so how believable did you find their relationship? I found it very believable. I thought it was pretty re- well written for how it starts out. Um, the whole progression of it, I found pretty believable. Mm-hmm. And um, It helps that he's hot, right? Let's. It does. She mentions it frequently. And um, 
<laughs> Even when he's torturing her and shooting arrows into her back and she's still got to admit that he's he's beautiful. <laughs> he's trying to kill me, but gosh darn, he's good looking. <laughs> and um but uh it was no, I found it I was right along with it. Yeah. There, um, so she's, she's working up against a lot of stuff that she, you know, gives herself, right? They've got this really awful beginning. Um, I think there are still a couple moments for me that came off slightly Stockholm Syndrome-y. Yeah, there, I would say. And I think that's what the problem I had with her always going on and about how good looking he was. It's like, really when he's doing all these horrible things to you, that's the thing that comes to your mind first. Yeah. But I think that as they started to get outside of just, like, he's hot and she starts to realize, you know, he struggles with this. He's a good person. He tries his best given what he understands about... Well, he's been given a task that he's not fully um, enjoying, I guess you would say. And and he's been given... Uh, like he's been given this single-minded task like his whole i mean his name is pestilence he doesn't have any identity outside of he is a plague to humanity that is his whole idea of himself um but i think that in the development of their relationship i think that she did a good job of establishing sarah's goodness enough that it's believable that she kind of that she is the person that kind of takes the moment to to see that he struggles and to see right. that you know there's just things that he doesn't understand yet that she's trying to like teach him and show him well and i think that's what was really helpful and maybe this will come up in a question but that older couple that they met that um kind of really helped her understand really what her place might be in this whole saga you're talking about him or her her oh and well him too but really yeah when she's talking to her and telling her look what you're doing is not a bad thing because she felt super guilty that she was starting to like this guy yeah and um i think the lady even said i can't remember she said it or who said it but something to the effect of the only thing that's going to make him stop isn't hating him and killing him teaching him to love yeah and um that's kind of what becomes her thing yeah that was um i had that down for my well okay so my next question was what did you think of the larger plot of these horsemen coming to wreak havoc and how did that kind of sit with you and for me i think that that moment with rob and ruth is Uh the name of the older couple i think that that was kind of the sucker punch that he needed even more so than her, you know, like he, cause he's like, he watches them like very avidly um, because he start. I think that they're the proof, you know, she keeps trying to tell him like, they're not all bad. There, there's some good people. There's good people out there. Yeah. But everyone who associates with him is trying to kill him. I mean, everybody wants him dead. Yeah. Cause they think that that will get rid of the plague. And, um, so all he's seen is just hate and violence and people trying to kill him all the time. And she keeps trying to convince him there's good people out there. And he just hasn't had any interaction with any of them, except for her, of yeah. course. And then this well, older couple. This and in fairness to humanity, he is trying to kill everybody. So. Right, right. 
<laughs> and she even points that out, you know. Yeah. I mean, she even tried to kill him. Yes. And and I think, and, and I hope I'm not spoiling one of your questions here, I really liked the message of, and maybe this is something I got out of it and not really <laughs> what I was meant to get out of it, but you know when he talks about when he went to kill her in her tent that night, mm-hmm. after she tried to kill him, he was going to kill her. Yeah. And he saw in the shadows the symbol, their symbol for mercy. Yeah. And he knew he needed, he felt that he needed to show her mercy. However, kind of as the story goes on, the bigger picture is more so that through her, you'll learn to show mercy to To everybody. everybody. Yeah. And um, I think that it was more his signal that, you know, show her mercy but through showing her mercy, you're going to learn how to show mercy in gen- generally. In a broader. In a broader sense. Yeah. And um, anyway, I thought it was, I, I liked that aspect of the story. Yes, I did too. And I liked, you know, we won't get too much into the religious religious overtones of the book, but I liked that none of it was too heavy handed and there's not right. any like clear line that's drawn, you know, and she's always asking him like, what's God like? What's his gender? Like, what's, what's, what's yeah, he's his like, deal? Uh, you, you just wouldn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, and she's like, which religion is true? And he's like, they've all got some good stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just stuff like that. Um, and I like when he says that uh, it's morality and not faith is what matters to God. And that that's kind of why they're, wreaking this havoc on well which is along the lines of you need to be a good person yeah you know what you believe doesn't make as much a difference as are you a good person are you good to other people are you good yeah which i get um yes and also you know as we've talked about we come from a religious background i have my i have some pretty strong religious beliefs but i wasn't either offended or put off by anything that was in the book. So no. even though I didn't agree with a lot of some, you know, with some of it, um, I wasn't, you know, none of it was put me off or was offensive to me in any way. Yeah. So, um, so what did you think of the resolution of the book? You mean the end of the book? Yeah. Like how it all turned out? Yeah. I thought it was good. I was worried going into it because people had mentioned, I'm interested to see what you think about the end of the book. And I'm interested to see. And so I went into it thinking, is one of them going to die? Because, and as the story progressed, I thought one of them almost has to die. I mean, it just seemed like I didn't see how it could end without something drastic happening. Yeah. Which it did. Well, but, um, here's here's my thing. Um, yes, throughout the book, I was like, "Geez, how is this gonna? How's this gonna go?" I feel like um, he has. I mean, he he had to stop. Like we knew that right. in order for it, it to be a romance happy ending, that like that needed to stop in some way. Um, I wish it had been kind of a bigger moment I mean it's kind of like she goes she goes back home and then she finds out on the news like 
it's all good now. And she's like, oh, whoa, it's all good now. And then he comes back and he's like, it's all good. And she's like, okay, let's hook up. And I kind of know because I I found it pretty moving the way it was where she just kind of left and then realized because I was I cried. I cried. Did you? (laughs) I did. (laughs) Um, uh, But her finding out that he had already started turning things around before she'd even left. And then when she stormed off and left him, um, he had already changed. I mean, he was already a different person. Yeah. I, I, I get, and I, I did, I did, I agree. Like there's part of me that, there's part of me that liked that he kind of came to that whole thing, like on his own rather than her being like some huge catalyst. Um, but I kind of wish I kind of wish that there was something that happened that made him it to me it kind of seemed like he stopped because of her and I kind of wish that there was a reason that he stopped because he saw the overall good in humanity and that we're not all bad and that well I think I mean I'm not the author, but I have a feeling that as the series goes on. Yes. This is going to become more prevalent. And because it was kind of ambiguous, which I think is a good thing, but it was a little ambiguous as to why are they here? Is it because of the wrath of God? Is God mad and trying to kill everybody? Is God trying to just teach humanity a lesson? Is, Mm -hmm. you know, what is the whole purpose of them coming here? And because I honestly think the way it was portrayed is that God wanted him to learn to show people mercy. Yeah. So, I mean, or at least show anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of, I've got to kind of see how the rest of the series plays out. Yeah. That's what I like. Cause the, the, that whole thing kind of left me a little bit like, Oh, okay. Um, so I think I was, but I think it's ambiguous for a reason. I think it's yeah, and I think it's first book itis, like we've talked right. about before. I think that she's trying to save some of the bigger, you know, because right. the apocalypse can't be over yet, yet because she's got three more books to go. Right. Well, it even even in the epilogue, here comes war. So yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess that's kind of where I just I don't know. It was like this big thing that they had to overcome in him stopping this his life's crusade and i felt like when it did it was just kind of like oh okay cool i think it was i i I think you're downplaying though the whole thing of him like when he comes into the room and throws his crown down and says you know i'm done i and um she storms out you know yeah i think at that moment i think that was him realizing he didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. But um but I really think it's going to play out more in the in the other books. So don't I be guess, so judgmental. I know. <laughs> I guess I just I just felt like the big part of why he stopped was because she was like giving him the cold shoulder and like wanted to leave. And I wish that it was that and, and something else. And, like, well, I think that it it's implied that there's, like, a lot of little somethings along the way that kind of lead him to start thinking this way. But I right. wish that it was 
spelled out. Maybe I'm dumb and I just need things spelled out a little bit more for me. But, like, I just wish that it was a little more clear. Well, I, yeah. I didn't get that so much. But, you know, I'm a better person than you are. So That's true. Okay. <laughs> so, final question. What was your swooniest moment? Oh, gosh, I always forget about this. I know. Um, my swooniest moment. You tell me yours and I'll think of mine. Okay. Mine is when he is confessing his feelings to her while she thinks that she's asleep. And he's like moment. telling her all of the reasons that he loves her and like how he just can't, you know, ignore the like very human things that she's making him feel and things like that. So I like that. I I liked all the parts where it's hard to read, but like where he's getting just completely obliterated and then all he's worried about is saving her. Yeah. I mean, when he's... Because, I mean, I, re- I get it. He can't die and, and, you know. But still, like she says, he can feel the pain. Yeah. And it still hurts when, when he gets shot or blown up or... And that was sweet when she's like, it makes me sad. She's like, why are you crying? She's like, because they hurt you. And he's like, and that makes you sad? And she's like, yes, obviously, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, any time that he was just bending over backwards to save her because she is not immortal like he is and um you know for him trying to to save her even though he's in excruciating pain and completely disfigured and blown up and body yeah. parts missing and well that those and I love the horse the whole thing with the horse the fact that she named him Trixie yeah is it? <laughs> Trixie what is it Trixie all I can think is Trixie Mattel, which is a, a drag queen name on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> uh, I lost it. It's like but, Trixie um, Skills or something like Trixie that. Trixie Skills. That's what yeah, it is. Okay. And um, the whole horse backstory and that she makes up. And he's like, you named my horse. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, well, you would. Like, and my horse is a man. And she's like, no, come uh, on. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, then he starts calling the horse Trixie. Yeah. Anyway, I oh, that was funny. Can we can we say did not love the name Victor? I didn't either. I was so I, hoping I didn't see him as a Victor. No. I was hoping he'd just take the end of pestilence and go by Lance or something, you know. I thought she was gonna name him like Poe or something like that. Because she loves Edgar Allan Poe so much. Oh, that would be good. Or even Edgar would have been but I guess. No, not Edgar. I would take Victor over Edgar. Ed. How about Ed? Okay. <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> You just want Poe because you like Star Wars. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Victor either. He just didn't ever seem like a Victor to me. I kind but. of like the, like, thinking behind it, but I'm like, no, I don't like that name. Yeah. Vic. Yeah. No. Anyway. Um, so we got a couple, um, we got a few uh, people sending in their thoughts on the book. Paige wrote in and said, I would say this was an enemies in the extreme to lovers story. It really made you stop and think about some of the topics presented. Can I say the portion about Rob and Ruth? So moving. I agree. Uh, she said, I enjoyed the hero's arc and the heroine's commentary. Liked this book and look forward to the next. Uh, Nara Melissa said, I can't be the only one who had a hard time imagining Sarah calling out pestilence during the deed. I, I did. <laughs> which is so true it's and quite I, the I agree with that. I had a whole I had a problem with even when like they were 
you know, attacking him and she was calling out his name. I was like, See, I, that's why I wish she him. had like named him like a lot earlier in the book yeah. than, than that. Um, yeah. And then Kristen, who originally recommended this to us, she tweeted us today and she said, fingers, toes, and all other appendages crossed. Hoping you guys like this one. Rereading now so it's fresh in my mind. Um, I would say yes. I, we liked it. I had... Oh, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I also really liked it. I had a couple qualms, but... Mainly, and it's not a genre that we read a lot of, so it's something that, you know, it's not something that we, is a strict formula, like a lot of the romance, yeah, especially the historicals, have, like, their formula. This is definitely a different... Th- yeah, and it, I loved to. that it, like, completely, like, went to the beat of its own drummer. Like, it is not Absolutely. following a structure at all, and it's just no, doing its all. own thing. Um, I mean, and all of my qualms are just, like, I wish that that had been explored more. I wish that like we had gotten to see more of that. Cause I liked where that could have gone. And I right. just was disappointed that it didn't. Um, so I mean, those were my real, and even, I mean, the sex was, there was a good amount. It was relatively tame. I know you don't like it. You don't like reading books with me when they're really <laughs> wild. Um, um, but still like hot and yeah. Oh like, yeah. They, Makes me want to go find a guy with, you know, glowing letter tattoos. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> See how that works out for me. I have to wait till the horsemen come. <laughs> He's going to go for you. When they do, Mom, they're going to go for you. <laughs> Shut up, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be our, our finest offering to the horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, horsemen. <laughs> horses i i have to explain the joke that's true oh gosh okay um mom any other thoughts on pestilence no but i really enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to the rest of them yes i am as well especially since i think that this one did suffer slightly from what i assume is first bookitis so i'm really excited to see like how the rest of how the rest of the how apocalypse the of goes, out. you know? Yeah. Want to see how this apocalypse turns out. <laughs> <laughs> they should learn, though. Just throw a girl at them as soon as they come out. Yeah, exactly. He's a cute, sweet one. Well, <laughs> why do I have a feeling that all of these horsemen are going to, you know, fall prey to the wiles of a sassy young lass? Yes. Yes. I think that's, that's how happen. you. That's how you get rid of the apocalypse. Yeah. Lesson learned. Now we know. So those are our thoughts on... Our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Pestilence by Laura Thalassa. And thanks to Kristen for the recommendation. We enjoyed it. So we we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, Goodreads Group. Our Twitter, which is at NotYourMom'sRom. Also our Instagram at NotYourMom'sRom. Or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, as Kristen did, we'd love to hear from you. On October 1st, we will be discussing Act Like It by Lucy Parker with a romance virgin, my sister-in-law and mom's daughter-in-law, whose name is also Kristen. So we're excited to do that with her. Hopefully it goes well. She's a sweet little thing. I'm afraid we're going to... Eh, she's not as sweet as you might think. (laughs) 
she is too sweet. Shut up. <laughs> so for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the reemergence of the rom-com. So stay with us. Welcome to our little break segment. I feel like, I really feel like this needs some sort of theme song. Like, it's time for a break. Well, it's I like time the way you for say a break. The break, break is like when it's... we do the news and the mail. <laughs> I like the way you say break like it's a three-syllable word. Break. Break. But I'm going to do that, that theme song now. So, um, in some news, we are still on Instagram, just so you, in case you didn't hear, at Not Your Mom's Rom, where I'm going to try to do, like, Man Crush Mondays and weekly pop culture recommendations and pictures of my dog, because he's cute. <laughs> he's okay. My dogs are cute, too. They are, but I'm the one with the Instagram password. <laughs> we are yeah, also... How does that work out? We are also now on Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon Echo, so you can listen to us those ways if you prefer. Um, also, we are still doing the drawing and contest, the review contest, um, so if you would like the chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card, then you can go to iTunes or the um, podcast supplier of your choice and leave a review. The only thing you have to do is leave that review, and this is really important. Take a screenshot and send it to me, either via our email, get, send me a DM on Twitter, send me a DM on Instagram, whichever you prefer, Facebook or message. Facebook. Yeah. Um, we've had some people enter. Love seeing those reviews. We love to read them. You guys are so sweet. Um, the deadline for that is September 26th, because that's when we're around when we're going to be recording the next episode. So we want to do the drawing on the next episode. Um, so please just remember to send us a screenshot. If you have, if you've already left a review, but haven't sent me a screenshot, take the time to take that step as well. Um, so I can get you entered for your chance to win $50 on Amazon. Anyway. Yay. Um, so we got some emails this week or the past couple weeks. Um, the first one is from Amy. She says, hi, Ellen and Ellen's mom. Uh, wanted to write and say how much I appreciate your lighthearted podcast. I'm finishing up the Medieval series by Madeline Hunter and was wondering if it was something you ladies have read. I think the plots are really good and I love the characters. There is some sex, but not overwhelming, I think. Um, I have not, but that might be a fun, um, era for us to dive into. I was going to say, we haven't read anything from that era. Yeah. I'm assuming because it's called Medievals that it's about the medieval time. Medieval period. I would (laughs) assume. Um, so maybe, Amy, you might see that pop up soon-ish once we get through our current run of books. Um, oh, our next our next set will be our holiday series, so yes. maybe it'll show up in our holiday series. Yes. Um, the next email we got is from Brie B. Reads. I'm assuming that's she's got like a blog or something. Um, she says, hey, ladies, I heard your podcast you did for Longshot by Kennedy Ryan, and I loved it. The roundtable style of it made me appreciate the book even more, along with the ideas and questions you guys posed on a topic that is so serious. Really well done. Um, thank you. And thank you to all those who, you know, sent thoughts on that episode. Um, yeah. It was one that we 
stressed about a little bit more than the others. Um, so she says, my next suggestion for you guys to read are two musts. The first one is Sinner by Sierra Simone. It is so beautifully written. And when I tell you, I felt every emotion that she put on that page. I mean it. I want more and more people to read it and feel all the angst. Um, so I've read some other books by Sierra Simone. And if, um, those, if Sinner is at all like those books, no way in hell is mom reading those books. <laughs> Why is it that you get me all into this this romance genre and then refuse to let me read, you know, no, 65% mom, of the books? I mean, here's the thing. Brie, you're right. She's really good. She's a very good writer. Um, but they are hot books. And no, mom can't know that I read those, Brie. Come on. <laughs> You've obviously not been listening long enough to know that that's a sore subject for mom and I. Um, it's a sore subject for you. Yeah, you just moms, don't like me reading. No. I've read, I mean, so if you're listening, I've read American Queen and American Prince, and I haven't read the third one yet. But yeah, mom is not reading. Uh, if Sinner is anything like those books, ooh, ooh, they are like, anyway. Um, Brie continues, the second book recommendation that I have for y'all that I would love to see you guys read and review is called Come Undone by Jessica Hawkins. It is one of her earlier books, and it's the first in the Cityscape trilogy. This one discusses a more trivial, serious, uh, topic, but I loved it to pieces. Considering I usually don't like the subject matter of books like this because a lot of times authors can make it shallow, I really ended up loving it. She said, I hope you can get around to reading either one or both of them. Um... Yes, we'll definitely check that out. I I have not heard of Come Undone, but you've got me intrigued. I'm interested. Um, Maybe I'll read it and make sure that mom can read it. (laughs) And see. I feel like you're babysitting me now. Yeah, well, somebody's got to. Um, The next email we got was from Joanna. She said, "Hi, Ellen and Ellen's mom. I like how, like, you're mine. (laughs) Like I belong to you. (laughs) Yeah." You're so lucky. Screw those brothers. Um, such an amazing mom. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to let you know how much I am enjoying your podcast. I find it so refreshing and funny. I only discovered it last week, so I'm enjoying listening to your reviews of some of the books I've read. After listening to your review, Penny Reads Books and The Hating Game, I trust you and your mom's judgment completely. You might even get me started on the historicals. Hey. Hey. Um, She says, I'm from Australia and at first couldn't find you on Facebook because I kept typing the Aussie spelling of mom, which would be mum, M-U-M. And she said, it took me a while to figure that one out. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) I didn't even, didn't even consider that didn't either um she said i really appreciated your honesty in your last podcast um she's referring to when we talked about my dating life (laughs) cute (laughs) that was Uh, fun she said i also have a total lack of experience in the romance department so i found it reassuring and comforting that there are other people in a similar situation seriously i feel a lot better now thank you best wishes joe um we got a couple we got a few comments like that and i appreciate you guys making me feel maybe not I as should alone. just start my own podcast where I give dating advice. Should I do that, Ellen? <laughs> no, don't listen to mom. What? Gosh, look how well it's, I've worked out for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your success is not great. I'm zero for zero. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't even take credit for you know 
my brother, because I can take credit for my brother's marriage, but you can't. Maybe we'll talk about that with Kristen next week. We'll talk about that next week when Kristen's on. Yeah. Um... Then our last email that we got was from Bridget. She says, Hi, Ellen and Mom. I learned about your podcast from Penny Reed. Love you, Penny. <laughs> Penny. Uh, she says, You guys are too funny. Don't tell Mom that. She already thinks that. She doesn't need the booster ego. so hilarious. Uh, <laughs> she says, I love the premise and you both make it work. I'm enjoying listening, though I find that even though I've been reading romance for 20 years, she says, I'm 35, that we don't have a ton of overlap. So lots of reading for me to do. I know, I'm, I marvel at how much there is in this genre that, like, I can... Well, I keep thinking, oh, I could look at this website that has this list of books because I've probably read most of them. And then I go on there, it's like, I've never even heard of any of these books. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> so I do have a few author book recommendations that you might enjoy. I hope these are new to you, as I haven't listened yet to all of your podcasts. She says, I have to read the book before I listen, which I totally get. Um, so she says, you. so you may have mentioned them, though you haven't made them the main focus she says susan elizabeth phillips cannot recommend enough contemporary great banter moving stories the chicago series star series which starts with it had to be you is probably her biggest and my fave of that series is nobody's baby but mine about a physicist who gets pregnant by a quarterback she writes books every two years so her earlier books are back in the 90s and the aughts um here's the thing i've read I've only read one Susan Elizabeth Phillips book. It was the first Chicago Stars book, uh, which is It Had to Be You. It felt um, pretty dated to me. Um, Like they're talking about O.J. Simpson uh, commentating on sports. Like that kind of dated. (laughs) Um, But I know I need to try some more of her because people just love her. And I did enjoy a lot of it. It's just that some of the gender politics in that one were a little off-putting to me, if you follow me. Just like, I don't know. She's very kind of like a Playboy bunny type. And that didn't jive with me super. She's almost like an Anna Nicole Smith type. Anyway, but I know people, like, love Susan Elizabeth Phillips and that I need to, like, give her more of a try. Uh, Bridget continues, Kylie Scott, contemporary rock stars with Lick, but the second book, Play, about the drummer, has the best banter, in my opinion. I have a feeling Mom can't read Lick. (laughs) Just by the title? Just by the title. I I know nothing else about it. (laughs) Okay. But maybe it's just referring to the guitar licks, you know, because it's about rock stars, which it's probably, but it's probably double meaning. Let's be honest. Uh, She says, Karina Halley, contemporary, a few series like The Dark House, my fave, are paranormal, while the others are just regular contemporary. And then a few about European princes, LOL, you know, as you do, European princes. I listened to one request by a reader for smart historical romance with not much steam. Georgette Hare is great for that. She was writing much earlier than the writers we read today, but not as old as Austin and Bronte. I also love Georgette Hare. They are very good. Um, And especially if you're looking for something akin to like an Austin or a Bronte. Um, She says, looking forward to reading some of your suggestions. How did you find new authors before getting recommendations? I used to just pick random books up at the library before Amazon existed, dot, dot, dot. Um, great question. For me, I've always kind of depended on Goodreads or Amazon lists. If I 
if there's a book that I find that I like, um, I would, there's always some sort of like, oh, here's a list. like this one. Yeah, or here's a list of all the other books that feature heroines who enjoy writing in our wildflowers. Like, I don't know, there's just lots of random lists like that on Goodreads. Or I would just kind of look and just kind of scroll through the romance category and see kind of what had a lot of high ratings and like, okay, this kind of sounds like an interesting topic and it seems to be well received. Let's check it out. Um, Mine was really scientific because I would literally finish a book and then text Ellen and say, okay, I'm done with that one. What should I read <laughs> that next? That is literally how that was going down. <laughs> and I'd be like, mom, I can't like keep up with you like in terms of recommendations. But yeah, so that's how that's how I've always done it personally. But uh, maybe if somebody else has a better suggestion for Bridget, that would be fun to hear. Um, so thank you as always for sending those emails in. We love to get recommendations and just hear from y'all about how funny you think we are. Um, <laughs> you, it's okay to say I'm funnier, Nellen. That's okay. Don't say that. <laughs> uh, even though it's probably true. Um, so. Uh, we will talk to you next time with our mailbag and news segment. Give us a break. Give us a All right. See you next time. Bye. Welcome back. Uh, so today we have never, like we've, we've touched on this a lot in an unofficial capacity, but we figured today we would talk about officially the rom I'm making it happen, Mom. That's... <laughs> you're making this word a thing, huh? Yes. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Um, <laughs> so, with the success of Netflix's Set It Up and To All the Boys I've Loved Before and the success of Crazy Rich Asians, a lot of entertainment publications are writing think pieces on the rom-com and its resurgence, and I am here for it. Um, entertainment Weekly and Vox both wrote really good pieces on kind of this rom-com resurgence. And then we got the news this week that the ladies at the Ripped Bodice, which is a romance-specific bookstore in LA, have been hired on to be consultants for Sony Pictures TV and helping them find source material within the genre for future uh, television, I think, specific projects. So I think it's fair to say Ellen used to live in LA. Yes. And this was one of her favorite stores. Yes, I loved to. it. It was uh, it like opened just a few months before I moved from LA and I was so bummed because I'm like, of course there's a romance bookstore that opens down the, it was literally like down the street from me in LA. Um right before I'm moving, but And she got me a um tote bag that says that is a rip bodice tote bag mm-hmm. that I keep my knitting in. Yeah. Which is very Apropos. Apropos. Yeah. Um, So, Mom, what do you think of... Why do you think that we are seeing this rom-connaissance happening now? Well, first of all, I think it's impossible for people to turn a blind eye to the fact that romance books are such big sellers. Yeah. I think it's impossible for publishers to not um, see that this genre of reading is one of 
the genres that just flourishes, obviously, because there's just more and more and more and more coming out all the time. In a time when, like, the publishing industry in general is, like, floundering slightly, struggling, you see, like, romance is still growing and booming. Like, hmm, interesting and funny that's just now taking you to now when you're realizing that. Well, and I think a lot of the romance readers are readers like us, maybe not quite as prolific as us, but... um, it just brings them so much joy that they just keep going. And so it's a constant, you know, it's it's not a, ah, I'll read this book and then not read again for a couple months. But, you know, it's like, I'm reading this book, then I'm reading this book, then I'm reading this book, then I'm reading this book. So it's a, I mean, we're, I think romance readers in general are pretty prolific readers. Yeah. So I think that, you know, other media, like television and movie. Yeah. And movies are seeing... Okay, well, if romance is such a huge success in the publishing world, then it's got to be a huge success for us as well. Well, and it, and it is. Like, the thing is that I... Okay, so, like, in this Vox article, uh, one of the contributors, Constance Grady, she says, I think any defense of rom-coms has to begin with the idea that it can be enjoyable and worthwhile to watch two attractive people trade banter face complications, and eventually fall in love. And there is nothing wrong with that. Like, yes, can I get an amen? Right. There doesn't always have to be explosions. There doesn't always have to be a superhero. There doesn't always have to be uh, murder. There doesn't yeah. always have to be Well, and I think it's interesting that we're seeing this, you know, rom-com return come about in a time when let's face it like the news is depressing and it's like yeah of course like people are turning on netflix and they see a happy rom-com and then they are just like glued to it and the internet becomes obsessed with it because like that's what we have like that's what we want right now i think well even if you look at well if you go back to the 30s and look during the Depression, the movies that came out, I mean, there was noir His that Girl came Friday, out. Girl Friday, Bringing yeah, Up Baby. The, yeah, a lot of light-hearted musicals. And, um, you know, you look at uh, Gone with the Wind, and which is, I guess, kind of dark, but sweeping epic yeah. love story. Um, uh, Wizard of Oz. All these just kind of fanciful, fun you know, romantic. Well, and that Vox article bring, brings up a good point. Like, when was it when was it decided that rom-coms were like fluffy uselessness? Because if you think, I think about when Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks got too old to do them. <laughs> well, I really like, think that's yeah, they I mean, died it's probably out. <laughs> true. But they're saying like, I mean, if you look back at like the history of film, some of our like, the greatest classics of all time are rom-coms. You've got, like, Some Like It Hot or um, Bring Me Up Baby or His Girl Friday. Your dad's favorite movie of all time. Or Roman Holiday or Casablanca, which is not really rom-com-y, but just straight romance. Um, But, like, when did it become, I don't know, and, like, when did actors stop wanting to do them because they were detrimental to their career? Um I don't know. Well, I, I, like I was saying to you earlier, um, last night I was watching The Proposal. It was just on Stars or HBO yeah. or something. And um, it was delightful, just fun. And 
<coughs> for a movie for me to sit down and watch over and over again, I want something that's going to be fun and lighthearted. I don't, I'm not going to sit down and watch Saving Private Ryan over and over again. Yeah. But, you know, if I own, you know, something like that, that's something that I'll say, you know what? I just want to watch something fun and light tonight. So I'm going to watch this fun movie that I really enjoyed watching the first time. Yeah. And I think I'm I'm glad to see... By the way, I love the movie Saving Private Ryan. It's just not something you want to watch over and over no. again. <laughs> um, I, I just think that... Yeah, I mean, if... And I think that these movies are doing well on... Now with social media... Because when people want to talk about something with their friends, do they want to talk about how cute Peter Kavinsky is in To All the Boys I've Loved Before? Or do they want to get into really deep discussions about, you know, war and pestilence? (laughs) Um, (laughs) On, like, no, that's not what social, like, social media is more akin to, you know, talking about lighthearted, fun stuff. And I... And honestly, I get annoyed when people talk about really deep, dark things on, like, this social media is not the place to have this conversation. I'm sorry, guys, but, right, like, let's take this all Or time. how many of your friends do you get tired of them posting political stuff? And it's like, eh, I don't want to be your friend anymore because I'm tired of you posting these things. Post cute pictures of Peter Kavinsky holding puppies like the rest of the yes. internet, please. Seriously. Thank you. <laughs> like the rest of us do. <laughs> Um, but the, I don't need your political views. That, I want to see cute guys holding puppies. Yes, exactly. Um, that Vox article also brings up the good point that um, the, this new wave of this, you know, this very recent wave of rom-coms is doing something right that maybe some of the rom-coms in like the early aughts were kind of getting wrong. And that is these new rom-coms are fully embracing the fact that they are a rom-com. And they're not trying to be apologetic or like tongue-in-cheek about it they're not trying to like spoof the genre they are straight up being rom-coms and i think that that kind of genuineness comes through and makes us more partial to the love story taking place when it's not featuring too like cynical because like all the or, like, listen, there's some rom-coms that were coming out then that I love. Um, but it's all, like, cynical people falling in love. Whereas I think this newer wave is kind of more people that want to fall in love. Or I want to fall in love, and I'm, I'm actively seeking it. Yes. And I think that that is part of their success as well. Um, anyway, I just... We've talked about this before, but... I'm I'm hopeful that well we've got they've got two um like Roomies by Christine Lauren that's been picked up to be a yep. movie and then The Hating Game yep. has been picked up Kiss to be a Quotient, movie Kiss Quotient which we're reading later yes for the show has been picked up to be a movie and probably because we said we were going to read it we were going to talk about it. yeah and um the Bridgerton series on Netflix Netflix so that's Definitely, the genre is is moving from paper to. I don't read well, paper and anyway, but. the the ripped bodice sisters. They did an interview when the news came out, and they you know kind of touched on those, and um, they just mentioned that. Listen, people 
are seeing a hunger now for rom-coms. And guess what? We have this whole genre of books that features, you know, completely diverse and different stories. I know that we need more diversity within the genre, but I think that it's getting And very strong females. I don't think I've ever read a book that didn't have a strong female lead in it. Yeah. And I think that um, as people start looking you know, to romance more for source material for rom-coms to be on movies and TV. I think that the genre, I think people are going to realize more of what the genre has to offer and that it's more than just the, which ironically, the ripped bodice covers that people are used to seeing um, and that there's a lot more in the genre to offer um, and hopefully get made into more movies because I would yes. love that. Well, almost every time I read a book, I always think, this would be such a good movie if they, you know, and you start thinking yeah. of actors that could play the parts. and Yes, so, totally. That's pretty much how I read books, because <laughs> we're movie people as well in our Yes, house. we definitely are. Um, anyway, so once again, we are just here for the rom-com, and I am so glad that I feel this tide turning um, in the industry to see more rom-coms get made and I'm just I love it I'm and like I'm on board yes Bring so thanks so much for joining us again if you'd like to join us for Act Like It by Lucy Parker in two weeks on October 1st you can subscribe on iTunes Google Play Stitcher Spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. And it's mom, not mum. It's mom, not mum for our Australian <laughs> listeners. Or British listeners. Yeah. Um, so thanks again and we'll see you next time. Bye, mom. Bye, Elsa.